0: Hello and welcome to the second Write For Your Life podcast. Write For Your Life is a really good site about writing. It features articles that provide practical advice and promote your thought boxes, video tutorials for the techno-savvy and the rather less-than-techno-savvy, and of course, this very podcast, which is hosted by me, Ian Broom. Officially, this is the second Write For Your Life podcast because I recorded one last year, but it's only second in name. In every other way, it's the first, which makes it all very exciting. I'm joined at the mic, which is hip talk the microphone, by poet, copywriter, communications buff, and regular contributor to Write for Your Life and Manuela Boyle. Hello, Manuela.
1: Hello, Ian.
0: So are you excited about this Right for Your Life podcast?
1: Very excited, very excited. I've got lots of adrenaline coursing through me and I'm fired up and uh, keen to talk about copywriting and creative writing.
0: Absolutely, and that's what's coming up in part one. We're going to be talking about Manuela's recent post on the blog, which was Copywriters, colon, Ghost of Their Writing Selves. And so we're going to be talking around uh, whether, some, whether, we, whether we can be copywriters and creative writers, whether the two things uh, intertwine uh, or whether we should just give up the whole damn thing. Uh, that's going to be part one of the podcast. Part two of the podcast, we're going to be, which I'm calling In The News... And that's going to be um, uh, two blog posts that I've chosen um, that are fairly recent. They were recent, but we had, to, uh, we had to delay the recording of this podcast due to illness. Um, so there's a... There's a Come an opt-
1: on. <laughs> it was you that wasn't ready, not me.
0: I'm more or less always ready. Um, and one of them is called Seven Writing Distractions I'm Kissing Goodbye, which was on Fuel My Writing. And You Should Blog Every Day, which was on the marvellous bubble cow. And uh, so we'll be talking about those two blog posts and giving our opinions on those. And then in part three, uh, I'll be talking about the upcoming and possibly, if you listen to this a little bit later, um, the actually launched or relaunched uh, Ride For Life and um, how you can get involved with that and with this this very podcast. Because it's not just going to be us talking, uh, but it will be for this particular episode. So, back to part one. Uh, copywriters, ghosts of their writing selves. This was a post that uh, you posted uh, on Write for Your Life, in at the end of February. Um, was it that long ago? It was that long it ago. It seems like
1: yesterday. In Indeed.
0: Fairness. Do you want to give us a brief overview of what it was about?
1: Okay. Well, my post, um, Copywriters, ghost of Their Writing Selves, was really about whether you can balance commercial writing with more literary and creative writing, whether it's a good idea for a writer um, to earn their living um, doing copywriting and whether they have enough juice left at the end of the day, at the end of a long hard day to actually um, create that world of their own, that world that they want to um, develop, that they want to paint and embroider and magic characters out of in a story, whether in fact that's possible if you can do both things or. One, whether one feeds another, whether one takes away from the other. So that kind of was the inspiration behind it all.
0: Okay, so my question to you, um, and I'll try and answer myself in a second, is do you think the two things are related? Is the more functional, um, if you like, uh, copywriting sort of um, style or technique or, or whatever is involved in doing that, is that related in any way to being a creative writer, whether it's poetry or fiction? What's your thoughts
1: Well, I think it is absolutely related because what you're doing in a copywriting job, um, you are honing your craft, you are learning how to express yourself with the right words in as few words as possible in some cases, how to distill an idea right down to the absolute bare bones and in fact then how to kind of build it up again if needed, how to kind of paint a scene and set a scene. So I think the two things are absolutely related in terms of the craft of writing and techniques, yes.
0: I mean, and the thing that you pick up picks upon there is, I think, is the, the uh, notion of uh, an editing process, which, um, you know, the actual, the actual function of it, the actual bones of, of editing a piece of writing is not a great deal different, or the approach isn't a great deal different to a piece of copywriting, to a piece of fiction. And I, I can, that's certainly been my experience. I know that the writing, um, my creative writing, my fiction, my short stories, before I became a copywriter... Are all long, long winded. Uh, I am going to use the word flouncy, um, <laughs> and I would expect if they ever saw the light, saw the light of day, unpopular. But since I became a copywriter, which was quite a few years ago, um, uh, which also coincided with me starting writing my novel, um, it completely changed my style of writing, as in my my, my creative writing, my fiction all of a sudden I knew how to edit. And that, I think that was partly because, and I'm going to use a couple of dirty words here to some, uh, because I was uh, given plain English training. Uh, I think that really helped. Not
1: the plain English thing again.
0: <laughs> I'm afraid so. It'll, it'll probably crop up on the old podcast a few times. But uh, I think it really helped me to, to really hammer my own writing. And it was, it was the kind of dis- discipline that I hadn't had before. And being a copywriter gave me discipline that I was able to um, transfer to my creative work
1: that's really interesting and it, it sounds like from what you're saying that the two things for you were, were fused really at that point in time becoming a copywriter learning how to edit learning how to express yourself kind of totally, and then starting your novel at the same time in fact those two processes it sounded like they actually fed each other uh,
0: they do but the other, the other thing that um well they did and they do uh, the other thing that I, I kind of uh think the two things w- where they sort of Differ, and I think it's why some people. Because in, in your article, you talk about, um, I guess to, to, I'm paraphrasing you heavily, but whether people can be bothered. How can you? Yeah. Bo- how can you be? You know, have the motivation to copyright all day and then get home and and, and write creatively. And I think that is a huge, huge dilemma. And it's the thing that I find most difficult is after you know eight hours at work, um, you know, writing, um, even just the act of looking at the screen. How do you yeah. then get home and write creatively? um
1: and would you but i mean it's interesting i think that i mean again in copywriting it's not it's not just that process of of writing is it it's like a lot of the work that you do that i do it involves coming up with an idea it involves coming up with several ideas it involves testing those ideas and surely that's the kind of well it's maybe the second part of the writing writing the fiction process because the first part is definitely having that get up and go having the stamina, having the energy, having the sort of predilection for getting in that right creative writing mode. But I think what you're saying is, is that that's the bit that is that one of the hardest parts when you've been copywriting all day.
0: It's absolutely one of the hardest parts. But also, uh, one of the, I mean, I the thing with being a copywriter is you're going to get instant feedback because you have a deadline to meet, or you yeah. have a boss to please, or yeah. or a client's demands to yeah. uh, to think about. Um, so you've you've got constant feedback whether it's good or bad you've constantly got that sort of reassurance or or otherwise and you just have to look across the the blogosphere at how many um, sort of writers who are unsure of themselves or unsure of their writing this is creative writers I'm talking about now and it's because and and I can very much vouch for this you can uh, spend an entire weekend writing fiction um, or poetry it doesn't really matter what, what it is um, say you've written uh, a three three and a half thousand word short story, or even worse, a three and a half thousand word chapter of your novel, and three you know three and, and a half
1: thousand word poem. or <laughs> still, if
0: you're if you're utterly mental, then <laughs> a three and a, three and, yeah, <laughs> what you just said. But who's gonna? Wh- where's your where's your reward for doing that? There is none. It's like the motivation to 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 just keep ploughing on and do that when when basically, I mean, I'm sure many of us have friends and family, they go, oh, that's really good, you know, you, you know, we really appreciate you doing that. Um, but that's you know, true. Well, it, it, it is true, I don't doubt it, but it's, is it really? Is it good enough?
1: <laughs> well, no, but then, but it's, it's that, again, we're back to that whole sort of, that, that single focus, or that singular focus that writers need to have, but it's like, it's a blind faith in some ways, in, in the kind of um, integrity and the importance and the... Um, uniqueness of what they're doing and how do you keep that fire burning and that fire is hard enough to cap to keep lit, never mind if clearly that you're doing a job five days a week or more than that, and that job is is involves the process that you are then expecting yourself to do the rest of your waking hours. Yeah. I think uh, and, yeah, and that's 100%. what I was getting at really, it's that like, how possible is it? And that was because for me it doesn't always feel possible. But then I get a lot of uh, what I do anyway as a copywriter. I, feel, I find that really, really creative, and I find it the discipline good, as you've said, yourself. But then I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. What about these dreams that I had not so long ago? What's happening with those? What's happening to that novel inside me? What's happening to that first collection of, of poems? Yeah. What's going on there? Am I just being lazy? I don't know.
0: Well, uh, um, this seems like a, a good place, and it's almost as if we planned it, but... Um we definitely didn't. Um, so here's a, a comment that someone left on your post, and that yeah. talks about that, that kind of thing. And and like you say, I think I think it's fair to say that we both enjoy our jobs. And for the record, everyone we were both worked for the same company. Yes, we um, in uh, Sheffield. No was.
1: AstroTurfing here.
0: Absolutely not. Um, and but not everyone necessarily enjoys that uh, what they do as a copywriter. So that, that you know the the, the 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 creative writing is kind of oh that's my real writing. Yeah. Whereas I think that we're in a mm. fairly lucky position where we, yeah. would, where we don't, you know, you know, there is no real writing. It's kind of, we have a job. and yeah. Although I say that if someone offered me a £100,000 advance for my novel, I'd probably take it and leg it. Um, so, this is a quote from Charlotte Raines Dixon, who's from wordstrumpet.com. Yeah. And this is a comment that she left on your post. I yeah. shall read it to you now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I do some copywriting and tons of ghostwriting of books for clients and balancing my own work in brackets, writing novels, with work for clients as my constant struggle. Most of the time it works out pretty well, but once in a while the client work gets overwhelming and I abandon my own stuff until I get totally frustrated and strike a new balance. And here's the important bit. I dream of not having to do the client work, and yet I know I would miss it. Um, so actually, that's, that's, that, that is the idea about having dreams. I, I read that is actually, she's got a very similar attitude to us. Yes. But, the, but, the, but the point is, it's kind of, I dream about having to not do the client work we do have this this sort of image of of creative writing of being this kind of elusive mythical sort of object whereas copywriting is is a more down-to-earth kind of everyday practice. Would Bread you say, and butter yeah. yeah. Would you say that's true or, or not?
1: Well it's a, it's a tough one that in it's a, t- it is a hard question I mean I think people associate dreams with things that they, they want to do in their heart and they wish that they could do but they're not doing for some reason so it's like those associating creative writing and literary practice with kind of um high hopes and so on that's usually because you feel that you're not making it flesh that you're not actually doing it that, and also perhaps that you are not treating it like a job so therefore it's this kind of this mystical thing that you hold on to which is also I think a way of kind of and um, keeping your literary ambitions alive, but without getting round to them. So I think the dream thing can actually be a bit of a trick that, that you play on yourself. And um, yes, copywriting is bread and butter. In that it it it's what you can do as a job. It, it pays the bills. Um, it's commercial. However, I think there's also a lot of joy to be had in 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 copywriting as well. When you really meet a brief. When you get when you work on a very creative project. When you find absolutely the right words to say the right thing, if you love words, you love words ultimately. And if you find a solution, whether it's kind of that sentence that James Joyce took a you know a day to write, and it's like this is amazing. Part of me thinks it doesn't matter whether it's um, absolutely epic literature or kind of to for a, a particular product or a website. If you get that line of copy or you get that name right. Or you get that amazing sort of literary sentence that sums up someone's emotion, then that feeling is the same.
0: Well, yeah, I guess Mm. I'm I'm tempted to uh, to uh, to not agree. Don't (laughs) agree. Well, well, I kind of do agree. Dialogue. uh, Imagine it's, it's it's, it's technically our first podcast, and I disagree. Well, I I do agree, but maybe it's just me that gets a different sensation from it. Maybe it's because. Uh, maybe maybe it's because my dream is always is always been to be a yes. novelist. Yeah. But, uh, that uh, that I think I, I don't get the same. Well, I do get. I do. I know what you mean. You do get a buzz out of copywriting, and if something's really successful. But um, to me, there's nothing quite like writing a sentence that can sort of, you know, uh, that really has. I don't know an effect. I think that's the thing. I write. I, I write fiction, and 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 I, I always wanted to write be a, a writer, in brackets, creative writer, um, to affect people. That was, I was sort of a, a, i really remember that. I remember writing my first awful poem, giving it to my English teacher, and sort of the look on his face, and oh, crikey, that's all right. And I remember thinking, crikey, I can actually affect people with what I'm doing. But then now I've said that, I guess that's what we do as copywriters anyway, isn't it? But Affecting the, people. We do,
1: I mean, yes, you can affect people with your words, that's, that's the whole interesting thing about copy and good writing it's the effect that it can have on people and products and um you know wider that you know wider than that that it has got the power to sort of move mountains in so many ways but it sounds like that there is a difference for you in you know that that sentence that you create in that it's purpose perhaps that do you think that that perhaps literary fiction or literary endeavor has got a well, it's, of course it does. It has a higher value attached to it. But I'm just interested in kind of what the emotional difference for you is as a writer when you write a really, really shit-hot sentence, um, whether that's for your novel or for a piece of kind of literary work or whether it's for a client or a product or a website. Um, what's the difference, do you think?
0: Um, I don't know. I didn't expect to go through therapy on first <laughs> podcast. I think that... I, I think the difference is, and this, and this is being truly honest, I think it's probably a selfish difference, is that I've done it for me. This is, my, this is my bit of work that I get to hang on to. I don't have to pass it on to a client or to someone else and go, look what I've done for you. I can keep my beautifully written sentence that goes in the middle of my novel and go, look what I did. Aren't I brilliant? <laughs> and I get to keep it. Maybe that's the difference.
1: That sounds like it, it sounds like it could very well be the difference, actually.
0: Blimey, this conversation is yeah, not I'm going to getting I a bit deep.
1: This got we should a, stop here.
0: I'm going to hold the therapy session there. Let's finish with um, can people do both successfully? That's kind of that was I think uh, uh, perhaps the the crux of of, yeah. the, of the blog post. Can people be copywriters and creative writers successfully?
1: I think they can. I think you do it, for instance. You do it and you do well at it, but I think people are motivated by different things. It depends how hungry they are. It depends how important it is to them. It depends how much they need to kind of write to survive, in a way. I mean, lots of writers, big kind of novelists and things, and um, big British writers have said that they need to write to survive, or once Bjork said that, you know, for her, making music is as important as breathing. She needs to do it in order to be able to breathe now. I don't feel like that. I don't feel, I don't feel like do that. Neither do I, to be really <laughs> honest.
0: I mean, that seems just insane to me, but... Um, Jeez, Icelandic. but I, I get Icelandic. I do get the point. Apologies to all Icelandic listeners, <laughs> um, of which there are. I imagine none. I'll check my Google Analytics. And there might be. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll come back again to this, the, the idea of rewards. I think that people can do both, but don't expect to get... Um, any sort of instant rewards or to feel particularly good about yourself for long periods of time if you plan to write a novel or plan to write, you know, a quality collection of poetry. There is no sort of... There isn't any instant feedback. It's a long, hard process. And you can do it whilst being a copywriter. But um, you do have to be... uh, Have a... Three sheets to the wind, as my grandfather grandfather used to say. I
1: think you've hit the nail on the head again, which is... It's that feedback loop. It's the fact that you... You know, it, it's kind of like well, I mean, writing doing a PhD is like writing a book, but it is like you're in it for the long haul. You're not getting that kind of quick feedback you're, that will that just sort of improves your practice like you do in copywriting and keeps you on brief. It's a world of your own, it's a world of your own making. And yes, there are ways you can get feedback on your writing, um, peer reviewing, sharing it with other writers, sharing it with someone that's kind of a copy editor or um, it, sharing sections of it online for example these days or via your blog or joining a writing group but you do you get quick fixes as a copywriter. You if you're going wrong you find out about it quickly whereas not so much with the novel that, that feedback is, is much much longer and it's it's a kind of lonelier journey really but then potentially the rewards are much greater if you you know if you last the distance.
0: Well that sounds like a very delightful place to end that conversation. Um, We better not carry on unless... But it definitely won't be a quick fix if we carry on. So, uh, thank you very much. Manuela, let's move on to part two. Part two of uh, the podcast is going to be called In the News, which I'm probably going to say differently every time I say it. Um, Basically, I'm just going to pick a couple of blog posts that um, uh, we've seen recently that we thought were quite good and we're going to give our opinion Um, on them, or kind of like a follow-up. The first one I want to talk about is uh, Seven Writing Distractions I'm Kissing Goodbye, which appeared on Fuel My Writing, Um, and I'll put links to both of these articles um, with the blog post that uh, goes along with this podcast. So let's start with asking ourselves, what are our writing distractions? Manuela, you first.
1: Right, writing distractions. First one is pretty easy, and I think it will be a kind of commonly reported one the internet, the world that is the internet. Um, I think I'm probably guilty of getting sucked into things on the internet that I'm interested in a little bit too easily. Things like interior design, a little bit of music, news sites, stupid things, and also Twitter. Yes. I'm the T a, word. The T word, I'm afraid, it's probably one of my worst writing instructions because it's back to the quick fix thing we were talking about. There you can go, you can write a beautifully crafted little tweet that's ever so witty and funny, so you think, or chat to your mates or find links and be, you know, engaging, or so you think, in 140 characters. So, you know, but if we all did that, we might never write a longer piece of writing than that that ever again. So I think Twitter, for me, is probably one of my my worst ones, I'm afraid.
0: Well, I'm going to go for the internet as well, but I'm just going to go for the internet. The whole, just the whole thing. I don't know when it happened, but I've become an internet person. I sort of get all all my news from the the internet now. I've got... Let it uh, out, Ian. Let it out. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be very emotional, this podcast. Um, I, I, just use, I just sort of use it, it's, just, it's become part of my life. I, obviously because I have the website, uh, websites, um, I keep track of those uh, via the internet, I use my phone to sort of keep track of emails, people contact me about the blog, which I much appreciate. don't think for a second I don't want you to do that. Um, but I've just become an internet person, I use it all, uh, pretty much all the time, to the point where now if, I, if I'm at home and I'm doing, uh, working on my novel, which I am a lot and I have been a lot recently, um, I've had to use a program called Freedom it's something i talked about in a previous, in a previous um, I think it was a video actually that I posted on Write Your Life there's a program for the Mac called Freedom where you basically uh, fire it up and say please don't let me look at the internet for." and then you put in how many minutes and I usually, I usually go for about 60 because after 60 minutes writing you know you need your little fix um, and, but it means you can't access anything and it's been, you know I don't know what I'd have done without it frankly does it lock you out then yeah well yeah basically you have to if you want if you really 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 want to watch uh, to to access the internet then you have to restart your computer and even then it seems to cause problems it's almost like it says if you even think about looking at the internet i'm gonna make it really painful for you and it, it kind, of,
1: it kind of extreme but if it works
0: it does work and, and i've you know i've i've I admit I've I've had to use it. I mean, I don't want to come across as a loser, which I, I I feel like I am doing. I mean, I do do other stuff as well.
1: My name is Ian, and I use freedom.
0: Indeed, and I need freedom. Um, but yeah, just just as a, as a general distraction, just uh, just being online, that this sort of new way of living that we have, um, I think is.
1: It is a new way of living, and well, it's one that it's one that that is designed to kind of really fit with how the human brain works, which just goes or mine does anyway complete tangents and just start start with one thing and then you completely jump somewhere else. And so the internet, it's just like it's been designed to be an addiction for humanity because it just mirrors how our brains work so much.
0: And one of the, Absolutely. One of the things that I... Cause I expected you'd say the same thing. So one of the things I want to talk about very, very briefly here is whether this is a recent phenomenon. I mean, I've just described it as a new way of living, but, I mean, is this... is have writers throughout the ages, I mean, uh, is this idea of distraction, of short attention spans, do you think that's, you know, do you think uh, Chaucer was sat there thinking, I don't know what he could possibly be thinking, but do you think this has affected, do you think this has affected I think each
1: generation of writers have their own distractions, but I do also think that the internet is the mother of all distractions. But, I mean, Chaucer was probably there sat thinking of women and, you know, God knows what, or reading other poetry books apart from his own, if probably not many existed at the time. Maybe right. the Bible, for instance, just saying, no, oh, I'll read a little story in this. Because ultimately what distractions are are ways of um, procrastinating. So I think procrastination is as old as the world is, Um but yes, there was there's more ways of doing it now, sat at your desk, doing the thing that you're actually in the position um, in your chair, getting ready to write. Well, that's the worst distraction because it's just sat there, a big infinite world of knowledge and nonsense while you're re- ready with your computer to write. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute, I'll just do this. You don't even have to leave the room. And that's why it's pretty, pretty addictive and pretty distracting, I'd say.
0: It is. So let's... Uh just leave it to that before we uh, go mental thinking about it. Um, the next post I want to talk about is by the fantastic blog uh, Bubble Cow. Um, and it's a post that appeared there, um, uh, I think that was at the end of February as well, called You Should Blog Every Day. Um, I want to talk about this is because I love I love Bubble Cow to bits. The information on there is terrific. But I'm not sure I entirely agree with needing to blog every day. And I, and I should I should... Make it clear that w- this post is talking about um, writers blogging every day, so it's not talking about someone who's actually got a blog, uh, you know, a, a blogger, it's about a writer, so it's about building your own brand and getting your work out there, and, you know, building a, a, an online presence as a writer. But it just seems to, to, to blog every day seems like an unbelievably demanding thing to do. I mean, I, I, right, when I started Write for Your Life, I sort of made a little promise to myself that I wouldn't try and blog. Um, every day. In fact, I wouldn't try and blog every week. I'd try and keep the posts fairly regular, but if, you know, frankly, if people got upset at me for not, wanting, for not posting new content mm-hmm. every day, then, you know, find, find it elsewhere, I guess, because yeah. I'd rather post stuff that, that actually is sort of meaningful. Um, so, I guess, I, I mean, the other thing I, wanna, I, I wonder is, do, do you think that readers will actually want that level of material?
1: Well, I think if you're if you're a writer that you're and you're being encouraged to blog every day, or you feel that you should blog every day, it's less to do with your audience and more to do with you, really, and it's more to, to do with the public act of writing, really, for yourself. So it's almost like you're doing it out loud because there's an audit trail there, there's a kind of evidence, there's a legacy. So it's like by actually writing every day on, and publishing it on a blog, it's like right, I've done it, it's out there, I've proved it. I'm not just kind of playing on, a, you know, on the page here and just writing kind of a few words and I've done a bit of work today. It's actually, there's a, there's a trail there that proves to you that you have been doing that. But I think where it becomes a little bit problematic is if you're not writing, if you're not progressing the project that you have in mind, that thing that you should be writing every day for, but you're writing something else, it can in fact become another distraction potentially
0: yeah I mean I do see that I, I see lots of sort of very basic technical advantages to blogging every day of course the more times that your blog uh, you know the more often you post the better you know, better it is for search engine rankings and um, you know the more times you refer to yourself or you you, you <laughs> Microblog about your blog posts on Twitter, that kind of thing. Basically, it's about getting yourself out there and building a platform so that when you're actual writing, you know, your, your, your novel, your poetry collection, your short stories, or whatever it is, when you know, if you, get the, if you get a deal and that book gets out there, then you don't have to start from scratch. You've already got this website or blog that you've built your, you know, your, your brand around, really. And so you sort of you can hit the ground running with your promotion and you've already got this foundation to go from so i do i do understand that i just it's just the the idea of you know blogging every single day or even three or four times a week it's a kind of it's the sort of you know we've got enough demands on us as uh, writers as it is without sort of forcing those upon ourselves as well is my opinion and we'll leave it there <laughs> <laughs> all right so there are our first two articles um and uh that we're going to talk about on this podcast but if you have uh, any suggestions uh, that you you know, any, any articles that either you've written or that you've read that you think are worth discussing, then uh, do feel free to get in touch at ian at net I'll put the contact details um, on the blog post that goes with this podcast. Um, in part three, uh, which is coming up right now, I'm going to be talking about the future of Right for Your Life, or if you've listened to this in the future, just write for Your Life. Okay, so as you uh, may or may not know, Write for Your Life is uh, changing. Um, and I, Absolutely. Um, so what's going to happen is in a couple of weeks' time, maybe even less, maybe slightly longer, um, we're going to be changing the whole design of the site and it's going to look an absolute delight. I've uh, seen it working and it really, is, really just look smashing. I don't, think there's any, I don't think there's any site at all out there that looks like it, never mind any writing site. Um, and the focus is going to be on content, which is kind of, I hope, how it's been so far. Sort of, I, know, I, I kind of try to avoid having adverts on and, uh, you know, these are my Google friends and all that kind of thing. And it's not because those things aren't valuable, because valuable, um, I know that they are in, in lots of ways. It's just that I kind of, I, you know, as I said earlier, I kind of want as little to worry about as possible. So I'm just going to try and concentrate on putting decent content on there. So the site's going to be split up into... Uh, Three different sections. We're going to have articles which are very similar to what's already there, sort of traditional blog posts which are going to be text-based. Um, and uh, along with that, we're going to have this podcast, which we hope is going to be. I'm not going to say that it's going to be uh, fortnightly, but although I hope it will be, but I'm not going to say it is uh, because you
1: just did. I know I did,
0: but you know you can't guarantee anything. Uh, but hopefully, it'll certainly be a regular podcast. Uh, and then thirdly we're going to have uh, video tutorials. There are a couple, of on the, couple on the site already and they're going to be on um, kind of, uh, well, I, I refer to them as being for the techno-savvy and the not-so-techno-savvy, but by that I mean kind of, there'll be sort of actual demonstrations where you can see me doing things. So at the moment there's something about using autocorrect in Word and there's another Word one about uh, using the document map. Um, but it'll also be online stuff so I might do one shortly about how to use flavors.me to set up a very quick and dirty uh, writer's website. So it's nice. going to Well, I hope so. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be that as well. So they're the three areas that the new site's going to concentrate on. But I also uh, want to get people involved. So I want people to try and um, contribute to Write Your Life too. Um, and you can do that in a number of ways. So I've already posted a blog post on the site which asks for guest posters... Um, and um, I've received a few so far and they, everything's looking alright and looking good and there's going to be some good stuff on there soon um, so if you're listening to this and you want to write a guest post for Write For Your Life then do do that uh, there are a couple of things that I want to stipulate and that's the the post is going to be uh, provide pr- practical advice that kind of the way I've tried to go so far um, so it's something that writers can actually take away and use because I think that's um, the most useful, um, well, the most useful thing for yeah. my particular readers, our readers, not my readers, must stop saying things like that. Um, and the other thing is opinion pieces. So sort a real sort of substantial features. So things that we you know, if you feel you've got a real bee in your bonnet about uh, something to do with writing, then to really sort of put a well thought out post together and, and, and talk around it or talk about a specific subject. So I guess that excludes, so the things that I don't really want are news items, because everyone can get news from The Guardian, and much bigger, better websites that are more equipped to do that kind of thing. Um, and I'm tempted to say no list posts, although they can, they can sometimes be, be quite good. Are we uh, very good list posts, perhaps. I think so. Or stupid ones. Yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> you can know, be included
1: I, in very good, stupid. Exactly. I
0: can, there are so many writers' blogs out there, and they all do really great things, so i and um, this, they provide good information so if we can make ours slightly different bit of fun, um, slightly stupid then that's then, then, um, you know, within reason um, then, then that's to be encouraged um, but I'd also like you to uh, feel like you can contribute to this podcast um, Manuela is going to be our, my regular co-host, all being well um, uh, but if you want to create your own short recordings then feel free to send them in if you've got a subject that you feel particularly passionate about and you've got uh, I don't know, and you've got some fancy equipment to record it on, or even if you've just got a mobile phone that does that records um, uh, voice input, then feel free to do a sort of short pieces and send them in. They could be opinion pieces, they can be um,
1: things that make you mad, things that make you happy that you've seen online about exactly. writing.
0: And, and to be honest, once if once we get a few of these in, which we will hopefully, I might actually make. Uh, think of uh, a feature, but I'm hoping to be guided by our listeners, really, and see what sort of things you send in.
1: Guided but by voices. I'm going to be guided by voices. It could be it like point of view, but writing points of view, imagine that.
0: Well, look at this, we're actually planning our podcast while we're actually doing a podcast. It could be, it could be It could be a, a writer's point of view where you, where you uh, record a little rant and send it in. But it doesn't have to be a rant, it could be something constructive, it could be absolutely anything. But basically, feel free to send me... Uh, Send anything in to to Write For Your Life. It's Ian, which is spelled I-A-I-N. I I apologize for that. So, Ian at writeforyourlife.net. Send anything in, whether it's audio-based or whether it's uh, a blog post. And um, if it's suitable, then we'll look at including it in future episodes stroke future posts. And I think that's about it. There are a couple of other exciting things in the pipeline. um, But I think I'll talk about those at a later date. You've got
1: to hold something back, haven't you?
0: You've got to hold something back. For next time. Treat them mean and keep them, I hope, relatively keen. And that's it, I think, for this second podcast, which kind of feels like a first because it kind of is a first, but numerically it is the second podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening, and um, feel free to leave any comments and feedback. Um, we're more than welcome to take on criticism so long as you're not terribly unkind because this is our first attempt and we know that there is no doubt plenty of room for improvement. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Goodbye, mother.
1: Goodbye, Ian. Goodbye, listeners.
0: And we'll, uh, we'll speak to you soon.